actually think they're like season three already. Yeah. Like, yeah. like how have they let us keep doing this? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Post Credit Brews. This is the podcast where we do a review while drinking a cold brew. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And welcome back to another new season of Post Credit Brews, season three. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Hope everyone had a nice holiday and a mm-hmm. and a good New Year. Yeah. Everyone's doing well, right? Yeah, and obviously we're still doing this podcast over Zoom because mm-hmm. uh, the virus is st- not letting go, not letting mm-hmm. down at all. Yeah. Thank you for bearing with the with the audio and the technical adversaries that we're facing, but mm-hmm. like I said, we're trying to keep this thing going. Yeah, uh, Matt and John, it's it's great to be back with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys have a good um Christmas break. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, There's a lot of stuff to watch. You know. Yeah, a little bit and different obviously. this year. But... Yeah, yeah. It's like a little bit of a content boom that we got going on with everything. Yeah, I felt like there was a lull for a while. Like obviously, you had like new like shows coming out on Netflix and stuff. But I felt like once like Christmas hit, it was like this come out and this come out and this come out. Yeah, it was a nice little treat, especially because it was all like new stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gillen, yeah. I don't know if I would call like The Office going on to Peacock like new, mm-hmm. but I heard there was some like cool like new content about The Office that are on that was on there. And you see something like the new deleted um scenes and the um opens and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah, I, maybe idea for an episode, right? Yeah, maybe Office themed. It's definitely we definitely we're gonna do an, an office and Parks and Rec one. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would generate a lot of fandom for it. I mean, there's two of them as popular shows still out there. Or Game of Thrones episodes, the most viewed. That's crazy. That's still at so. the most. It's still the most viewed. I thought Doctor Sleep would have taken that over by a long shot. <laughs> I actually thought our Ford v Ferrari review was gonna. Uh, I thought that was gonna take over. I like that. I like that. That was, that that was, was a good one. movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it has the audience that Game of Thrones <laughs> does, but it's, yeah. Or this show. I mean, what we're reviewing today, I think I saw this is the most pirated show. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention, we are reviewing The Mandalorian Season 2, which mm. has been going out on a weekly basis in December. Mm. And we figured we'd give everyone some time over the holiday break to watch it. I mean, yeah. it's that's still one of the most popular shows out there, too. Mm-hmm. Overall, what'd you guys think of it? I thought it was great. And, you know, I'll save some of my like bigger thoughts for, you know, later on in the episode, but I was kind of worried because I thought they were going to try and like push this out too soon. They were just going to try and rush it, you know, filming and all that stuff. But I, I thought it was even better than the first season. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I was a little worried about them trying to rush it just because of, of COVID, especially, you know, like Mm -hmm. we got to get this out. I got this out. It seems like movies and shows are trying to, get as much out before there's a COVID outbreak. Like, you know how like some of these NFL teams now are like scattering around for players. Like there was one game where the Broncos had, had their quarterback who was a wide receiver because all their quarterbacks got, got sick, you know, <laughs> and the, yeah. I think the Browns pl- play without any running backs one game. It, mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I could totally see how like movie productions and TV mm-hmm. shows would want to, uh, try to speed things up a little bit yeah and they filmed this show in like a really like unique way i forget what exactly it is but it's i forget exactly what it is it's almost like this dome type thing and then oh yeah the dome yeah Yeah. i've heard about the dome yeah Mm -hmm. but i heard they were like doing something different just so they can do more things i think i heard that the dome kind of like limited what they were able to do in season one 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think it almost like it expands like what they're able, like they could just, instead of like having to film outside, they can film in there and it looks like a whole like natural landscape. Okay. Like okay. That, that, yeah. that makes that makes more sense. I really didn't know much about it. Yeah. No. I mean, like, like I said, I'm just trying to like grasp what I remember from reading about it. But yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, cool. You no. Know, just remind me of. I don't think we've been together on the podcast since uh, Tom Cruise had his little meltdown on the set of Mission Impossible. Did you hear that? That audio? Yeah. yeah. He was pissed. I kind of agree <laughs> with him. Yeah. I. You know, it, it's interesting because I'm trying to figure out like. I feel like he has so much on the line with like doing this mission impossible movie. And then he's got a new like top gun movie coming out, but I feel like a lot of it is riding on him getting that movie. Did you see where he's going to outer space? No, like he's going to film a movie in outer space. Oh really? And I feel like he's like, he has so much on the line with that movie. He's like, they can't screw this up and shut this down and shut everything right. else down. Well, I think, I think part of it too. And I think like, even if you listen to that audio, like I've listened to it once or twice, he's pretty angry throughout the whole thing, but I think he gets like slightly more like, I wouldn't say sympathetic, but like held back towards the end of it. Like mm-hmm. he's not as like abrasive as he is in the beginning, but I think they're saying that movie's kind of like the standard. And I guess he says it in mm-hmm. some of the audio too. Like they're looking at what he's doing. Cause he's a producer. So like they're looking yeah. at what he's doing with that movie mm-hmm. to basically like how like other productions yeah. can, can get started. And that was, that was one of the first, that was one of like the few movies that went back into production one of the first ones that did you know yeah I think it was some point in the summer because i think stuff opened up in europe like yeah. i think marvel was able to finish falcon and the winter soldier because it was filming in prague i finished it like at the right. end of the summer mm-hmm. yeah i think the points that he talked about with uh you know all these people had jobs and they can't provide for their families if they're not working on this movie like i agree with all that kind of stuff there's so there's definitely like that aspect of being responsible and taking this whole thing seriously Mm-hmm. And over this Christmas break, you know, me contracting the virus and I, I, I had COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, I got over it. But like, you know, it was definitely like a wake up call for me mm-hmm. because, you know, I was somewhat kind of relaxed about it. I was starting to get a little bit of that, uh, that COVID hangover, I guess you want to call it. Like I was just, mm-hmm. it's, it's whatever now. But then I, then I got in and kind of just like opened my eyes again. Yeah. Like yeah. the thing is, it, it's serious and it's real. And it, it was the worst experience of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that firsthand. Wear a mask, yeah. everybody. Yeah. So you see kind of where his anger was coming from. Oh, sure. Yeah. But on, the, on the flip side, you see like the movies like The Batman that have been falling victim to it where they keep getting having more setback after setback. So mm-hmm. we're not going to see The Batman until 2022 now. Inconceivable. Yeah. 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 We're supposed to get it this June, then October, and yeah. March Doctor 2022. Strange, too. I guess that Doctor Strange. Is, I think Elizabeth Olsen was on like a Jimmy Kimmel last mm-hmm. night. And I think she said like it got delayed, but I think it's already like the second time. The movie itself hasn't been delayed, but they shut down the production and they're wondering if the movie itself is going to get delayed again. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Second Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. yeah. And also on a side note, there's, there's, only, there's one actor that would actually film a movie in space. It would be Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure he's a producer. <laughs> Elon Musk is like somehow like involved in it too. I think oh, he's probably gonna be like the one designing the ship and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the movie's like a it's like a Fast and Furious spinoff. I think he's like Vin Diesel's like cousin. <laughs> Something. They're they're going uh, to space. I, don't quote me on that. I think Elon Musk is involved in that movie. But are they trying to go find um Paul Walker in space? 
Yeah. <laughs> I just triggered a bunch of people by saying that. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it in the new, the new one. <laughs> Trailer for that new one's ridiculous. You know, I, I, I said it. I've been on record before and I've said it. That Fast and Furious franchise is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, if we were ever to do like a full like roasting episode of on just on something, I would I could go for hours on the Fast and Furious and how stupid it is. Uh, you know, I've seen one and it was okay. But a lot, of, a lot of what I hear from people is like, it's a dumb movie and it kind of knows it's dumb. But, you know, I mean, that last trailer, definitely, when they're like flying off the cliff and like a plane swoops in and just like picks up the car like a magnet. The, the, the yeah. eighth, the eighth oh. one was a step down, but like five, six, and seven are all pretty good. But even the eighth, like, isn't there a scene where like the rock like kicks a torpedo on like ice or something? <laughs> Oh yeah, there's like a yeah. torpedo coming at them, and the rock like pushes it to the side. <laughs> yeah, I did see Hobbs and Shaw. And, you uh, know what? It's I, okay. I kind of enjoyed it. Like I said, it knew what it was. It was just a dumb action movie. <laughs> wow, we got completely off topic though. Now we get from the Mandalorian to Tom Cruise and Fast and Furious. Just catching up on the news. Yeah, Tyrese and Ludacris cast in season three. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, we have John Leguizamo in this season, you know. Did you pick that up, Dave? I didn't see if I heard about it. Okay, yeah. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Wait, this is it's post credit brews, and we have a we do have a beer. We we have a beer this episode. On tap tonight, we have Ma the Meatloaf Mango Wit Ale from Evil Genius Beer Company. Hey Ma, can we get some meatloaf? And that is where's it based out of? Ah, it's right in the heart of Philadelphia. Nice local beer. Yeah, and I think the theme we're gonna go th- go for with season three is because a lot of these breweries and these beer companies are getting hit by the pandemic more than most places are. And I think every episode we should try to do a local beer and give the brewery a shout out, just some mm-hmm. free advertisement, you know? Yeah, just a, a little, little bit of a, a give back to, to the community. It's always nice. Show the support. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and. You know, it party fell on our part again. There's no uh, can for this one. It's in a bottle. No, God, please, no. Yeah. So we're going to just do our virtual post-credit beer crack like we always do. All right, guys. You ready? Cheers. Cheers. Wake up while it's cold, ladies. Ah, you know, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to do a brief kind of breakdown of each episode, and then we're going to talk about like our overall thoughts for the season and then lastly we're just going to kind of see if like where we see the show going season three some of the, the disney plus series they're connecting it with in the future yeah definitely that aspect of it connecting to other franchises that are that in storylines that they're developing if you haven't checked it out our season two finale episode was our um disney investors announcements where we talked about all the different star wars things that were coming out in, in the future very exciting stuff i'm really looking forward to a lot of the stuff that's coming out very interesting yeah. and especially yeah. after watching this season just trying to think about how like it's all going to connect it you know mm-hmm. i'm glad we got this before we got all of the rest of this shows that are coming out yeah like because i feel like season one was good season two is good i'm hoping all the shows that are going to come after are going to be good but i like it that we kind of have these two seasons to be like it looks pretty promising moving forward fingers yeah. crossed but yeah and you know well, we talked about it very briefly at the beginning of the episode just overall reactions what did you guys think of season two i think like matt said i think it was definitely a good season 
I probably didn't get into Star Wars until maybe I was like like high school, like the end of like middle school. And and I always liked it, but I was never like a super big fan of it. But I think the show makes me want to get into Star Wars more, um, especially mm. for the second season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've kind of always been on the fence about watching some of like the cartoons, like Clone Wars and stuff like that. But especially mm. after the season, it makes me want to, uh, you know, watch those shows and you know rewatch the movies and things like that. Because I mean, I, I mean, it is a really, a really well done show. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Does good service to the fans and to people who are kind of you know new to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's funny to mention that I actually know like a lot of grown adults that are huge fans of the Clone Wars, even if just being like an animated series. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. Like too, said, it's too. just that the writing is just so good on it. I mean, yeah. I have to go back and take a. I've only seen a couple episodes. I mm-hmm. that's definitely something that I want to do. Yeah, while we're still in quarantine, I definitely I... Think I can check that out. I'm five seasons. So I'm one of those grown adults, Dave. I'm uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. five seasons in. I think there's seven seasons of the show, and I'm like halfway through season five. But it it is cool to kind of look at, you know, because I feel like with a lot of like the newer Star Wars movies they've made, they're like, all right, like you have to watch this show, and like if you watch this show, and if you read this book, you're gonna understand what happens to this character in like the new movie. And I feel like it, it was tough to kind of follow, but I also felt like there wasn't a lot of like payback for like fans that actually did that. You know, I don't read every book that comes out. I don't read like the comics or anything like that, but I knew there was some disappointment with the fans of being like, they invested all that time in the books or the comics or the shows. And like, there was little payoff in the newer movies they made. Whereas I feel like with this, like if you're a fan, like you're able to follow it and it's cool. You'd be like, I remember that character from this. But like for like fans like us, I don't necessarily feel like you you need to do all that research. If you do, it's great and it pays off. But if you don't, you're not lost. Like you don't lose it in the story or anything. Yeah, very very well said. Well, like so, I was gonna say, the first the one character in the first episode. I guess we'll we'll get into the first episode shortly. But mm-hmm. that Timothy Oliphant's Cobb Van isn't he a character from the books? He yeah, so he's in the first. So they have a trilogy of books called Aftermath, and he is in that first one. He's a very like small part, but he's in the first one. I remember I just recently read that. It's interesting because I remember like reading it and it kind of like glazed over it, and then I was like, that kind of sounded familiar because he picks up like bounty hunter armor in the desert, and then I went through and I was like, oh, that's who Timothy Oliphant played in the first episode. So again, I mean, it pays off if you do kind of invest your time in some of that other stuff, but you know, you you're not lost if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the the show does a good job of kind of, it's like kind of rewarding you if you have read that stuff, but you're not missing out on anything. Like that, yeah. that character, they perfectly established that character in the episode to where you know who he is if you mm-hmm. haven't read that material. Yeah. I thought it was a lot better than season one. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think you don't even have to watch season one to understand what's going on with season two. I, it starts out really quickly and the story that it, it goes with, it, it progresses so much so fast and yeah. it keeps your attention more than I thought season one did. Mm-hmm. Like season one, like I found myself like getting caught, like getting hooked on like mm-hmm. maybe five, six episodes in. And there's like two left and like shit. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good point, Dave, because I feel like all you really kind of, I mean, you know, I think we'd recommend anyone that hasn't seen the show to watch season one, watch season two. But I, I think with that, like, obviously, like, the main point is, all right, he finds this baby in the first episode, goes on a ton of adventures with him, and then you can jump into season two. Because I felt like the first few episodes of this new season, it was kind of like the new adventure of the week, right? Yeah. Like, you had him in the desert, he was doing this. You had him going on that mission in the second episode. But, like, they didn't necessarily connect too much. 
Yeah, it almost felt like a video game where it's like you do, you do a favor for somebody and then you go and you do like all this crazy shit mm-hmm. and then you go do another favor for somebody. Yeah, and I've seen and- a lot of people have criticism with that. They're just like, I feel like he's just doing all these favors and it's like, I don't have an issue. It's entertaining. Like, it's, it's cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think the first season was more episode like i think the first season was more those like side quests like there was mm-hmm. the one with the village and there was the one where he was helping out the new bounty hunter yeah. where i think the the first season does a lot of like the world building in like those episodes mm-hmm. um, but you really don't get into the story until like the last like the seventh and the eighth episode because yeah. that's where like yeah. john carlos Pizzito's character comes in but honestly mm-hmm. i think that that's actually kind of a fair point like i think if you haven't seen the first season mm-hmm. you can probably pick up on almost everything yeah but, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you should watch both because, again, yeah. I think the first one establishes a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do we just want to jump into kind of that first episode then? Yeah. Let's so, yeah. Let's just start breaking it down. But before yeah. we do, just so you know, this is going to be very spoiler heavy. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking about a lot of different scenes and different characters and plot lines and yeah, all, all that good stuff. So if you haven't seen season two and you want to see it without being spoiled, this is the part of the episode where you should just not listen to it. Mm-hmm. Just go away. Leave. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so the fir- the first episode we got here, so it's called The Marshal, and it was directed by John Favreau, and um, you know, I mean, this whole show is really kind of his his creation almost. Him and Dave Filoni created the show together, and um. I thought this was a good episode. You know, I, I think some people were kind of, again, kind of didn't like the idea of it's just like this new adventure. He's going to be there and then he's going to go off and do whatever he wants. But I thought it was cool. And I thought there was a lot of like callbacks to like older Star Wars. I think it's like a good, like establishing episode, mm-hmm. like getting you kind of back into like the feel of how like the show works and everything. And I think of the whole season, like even the last couple episodes, I think this was maybe the most cinematic yeah uh, i mean john favreau is probably the most like established director maybe mm-hmm. yeah he's probably directed the most movies of anyone else this season and i think yeah i mean i think if any of them feel like a movie like an own standalone little like mm-hmm. hour-long movie it's this episode and that was cool too because this was like an hour long i think i think this yeah, is like one of the, longer the longest ones episode of the show from the yeah i would agree with that though i thought yeah i liked timothy oliphant's character cobb banth a lot yeah, I like. I definitely don't think it's probably the last we've seen of him. No. He'll probably come back at some point. Yeah, I thought he was cool. And then, so the whole premise of this one is, I guess they're trying. There's a massive, like, sandworm and everything that's terrorizing the town. And they're trying to destroy it. Yeah, he uh, he goes there to uh, find other Mandalorians because he believes that uh, they can right. help him find the Jedi to return Baby Yoda. Yeah, and then he has, you know, you got some cult like Amy Sedaris comes back. And then, yeah, I mean, essentially from what you were saying, Davy, he's trying to find that armor. He sees Timothy Oliphant wearing it, uh, wearing Boba Fett's armor, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you could tell that wasn't him from the start. But yeah, it was, I liked, I saw a lot of people, com- you'd like this, Dave. I saw a lot of people comparing this to uh, the Alaskan Bullworm episode of SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was an Alaskan Bullworm! I was actually kind of thinking about that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just and even just like the way that little town was set up too, you could just imagine like Patrick all them just pushing it to the side while the thing's like cr- going going through the the center <laughs> of town. Yeah. It's a good episode. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, you got that in there. John Leguizamo played the Cyclops in the beginning of this episode. Yeah, is that where where you? It was a small part. But, he was yeah. in that little that little that little fight, like the wrestling ring. Yeah, yeah. 
I didn't know that oh, was Mike him. Mike Carter's got the spinoff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of liked that beginning too because it kind of showed the Mandalorian's a, a little bit of a savage side to him. Like you know, he just let the guy hang in to die. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, I, I don't kill, but I'm not. But I was never like told like it's I, I was gonna save you. Just, yeah, just walks out. It's like it's badass. Yeah, just leaves. <laughs> but do you, do you notice this whole season too as a whole just got was a little bit more darker for like a Disney product. There were some scenes I thought were pretty dark. Yeah, that definitely being one of them. I'm trying to think like later some of it was pretty dark though yeah i guess just to refresh my memory so he goes to try to get the armor mm-hmm. well he's looking for a Mandalorian and he sees the guy in the armory and it's you think the whole thing's going to be them like fighting yeah to, for it and then mm-hmm. the, then that that worm dragon thing comes through mm-hmm. and i think it, it ends with them like making a deal like you help me with get rid of this thing because he because the guy that was wearing it was the sheriff of that town yeah, it's like this is the biggest problem I got to deal with, and mm-hmm. people look up to me, and if I can't take it, they're not gonna take me seriously. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you help me with that, I'll give you the armor back, and that's how the first episode ends, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he helps him, and then he he gives him the armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, at the end of this season, at the end of this episode, they hint at Boba Fett. Yeah. You like see him in the desert. You can, you know, I mean, you can pretty much surmise that's him. And then yeah, and then we get into the second episode called the passenger and this one was directed by peyton reed and i think this might have been my least favorite of the season and this, I think this was my least probably favorite. Mine too. And, and the whole thing was them just fighting the the dragon right this this thing it's it's like, like spider. weird spider things yeah which i thought was kind of cool that they got peyton reed to direct it just because with his experience with directing ant-man stuff like that you know they get him direct this with a bunch of like spider things Oh, so this um, is, oh, so this is the one where he's trying to he's taking the um little like frog that, thing. That, that he's taking the frog to a different planet so mm-hmm. she can like populate her eggs. Yeah. I kinda liked this episode, but I, I think once the spiders things came out and started attacking, I thought it just kind of was just like this is kind of stupid. Yeah, and there was a lot of controversy with uh I, I guess at this point we're still calling him Baby Yoda, right? We don't know that's his name yet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to call the child? Yeah. The child, yeah. You just want to say the, the child. child. <laughs> he was he was eating the eggs. I think a lot of people had some uh, some issues with that. That's disgusting. Yeah, I, I saw that like yeah. I I watched this when it was all done. So when the episode was first came out, I saw like a lot of things trending like like the child and the egg and I was like mm-hmm. I, I guess I I, I can kind of put two and two together but like uh, I didn't they really bother me that much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's just like a, I don't know, because people are very like sensitive with some stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just, just I, I think people humorous. were mostly like joking about it, like it wasn't yeah. like a serious. Issue. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but um, it just to, yeah, just to quickly summarize the episode, it's pretty much the Mandalorian is taking the child and taking mm-hmm. this frog over to so she can drop the eggs off to. I guess her kind or whatever. I guess it's some kind of law that she couldn't populate where she was or something like that. Yeah, it was I like I think I'm she sure. needed like the the climate. This is probably yeah, the nerdiest yeah. we'll get in this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. So he's flying, he's flying them over, and mm. the a couple of the Rangers from the New Republic are uh, they're saying like, "Hey, you're not supposed to be out here." And then mm. he he speeds away and tries to get away from them and winds up crashing inside this one snowy planet. And they yeah. think, they think they're gonna die because their shit doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to fix the the aircraft, and the frog walks off to a hot spring, mm-hmm. and the child eats one of the the eggs, which 
sends off all these spiders in the cave to come out and attack them. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like alien, you know? Yeah. Like aliens did. with the eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's all like they get back to the ship and then the whole thing's getting inundated by these spiders and it's just not enough. And yeah. It, it, and then the Rangers that were chasing them were the ones that save them and let them go, which I thought was so corny. Hmm. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. They just like the, the episode was kind of set up for that spinoff, like it more than anything else, I guess. I was getting, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Maybe give a little more hint to an, another new show that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's another, there's one other scene like later on in a couple episodes that I felt like was really like indicative yeah. of that. So, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think it was a bad episode, but there's nothing, you know, really happens. And I mean, it's just yeah. kind of not bad TV. It's just kind of compared yeah. to the episode that I think preceded it, it was a little boring. I was just going to say, I think everything else that kind of comes after it, it's just like, like this didn't even compare to like episode. Yeah, well, you know. that's, and it's interesting because when you put out all the episode titles, like all like the last four or five episodes, like I knew exactly mm-hmm. what episodes they were. And yeah. like this yeah. one and the third one, like the next one we'll talk about. Not mm-hmm. that they're bad, but like I kind of had to try and remember just because those later episodes stand out so much. So like it's it not really so a criticism, but more kind of a compliment to those yeah. later episodes. Yeah. And then do we want to jump into the next one then, too? Sure. Any final Just, thoughts on the second? Nah, I mean, it's – I can see how this could be some of the people's least favorites. I, I enjoyed it up until the end. Mm-hmm. It kind of kept me on my edge of my seat a little bit. No, you yeah. didn't – like, what were they going to do? Mm-hmm. And it almost, almost kind of felt like the episode of Breaking Bad when they were stuck in the RV and they had to build the battery. Oh. I, I like that. I thought you were going to say the fly. Or maybe the fly, yeah. 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 Either, Either one. one. Yeah. I, just... I like that one when they're out and they're stuck out in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think it's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then we got episode three called The Hair, the Heiress. And that was uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who, you know, directed an episode last year, too. I think it was that one with the village where he was, like, rescuing it. That was, that was, I think that was my favorite episode of season one. Mm-hmm. That was a cool one. But yeah, I mean, this one, you obviously have, you know, a character coming back who's in the, the Clone Wars, Bo-Katan, again, like another Mandalorian. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, you got Mando, he reunites that frog with her family. And then he kind of goes off on this little side mission with these other Mandalorians, right? Yeah, so I think the the people that were fixing a ship or whatnot kind of like trick them and Mm-hmm. He winds up though, like throwing him into like this this little water pit. The, yeah, the child gets yeah. eaten. The Mandalorian jumps in to save him. Mm-hmm. Then the other Mandalorians appear and fight off the people that were messing with them. And yeah, and that that's how they meet. Mm-hmm. And then I guess they just start talking. And he thinks that they're not true because they expose their faces to him. Yeah, and I guess they have those like different code of ethics or something, whatever. Yeah. So them. the whole so like the whole like the whole premise of this season, he's trying to find the Jedi to reunite the child so he's like yeah um, i'll help you with like we'll, we can give you some insight if you help us with this with this raid that we're doing they want to try to raid a ship right mm-hmm. yeah yeah that harry bosch is commanding that's that was the man <laughs> in black from lost so <laughs> uh, that's right yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> so yeah are, are you up that, that far john in lost i'm uh I'm in like the middle of the second season. I just watched the long con. Oh. The, next, the next the next episode I'm on, I okay. think that like Linus character comes in. That's my next episode. Oh, it's Hurley's imaginary friend. 
I think, right? Linus? Uh, who's no. who's the Michael Lammer? Michael Lammer. Oh, uh, be, oh, Benjamin okay. Linus. No, his Hurley's imaginary friend is Dave. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. That's a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm close to that one, but uh, yeah. Now I'm like middle second season. Okay. You're getting to some good episodes coming up, then, John. It's I mean, it's been good. I I like it. Yeah. But to jump back into to Mandalore, you know the Mandalorian. So you know they they kind of raid this ship. I guess the whole I I. Was, I'm kind of fuzzy with this exactly, but what was the whole thing? Like Bo Katan, they were trying to look for a weapon, right? Or they wanted to find out where Moff Gideon was? I think they wanted to find out where Moff Gideon was because he, he obviously has the dark saber. That's right. Okay. I guess it's yeah. supposed to be Bo Katan's. Connected. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was the whole. Mm-hmm. I think the whole thing was the Mandalorian. Like the Mandalorian wanted the information on the Jedi, which Bo Katan would be able to give him and their whole mm. thing was help us get on this ship so we can get to try and get to right. like Moff Gideon. Okay. Gotcha. And that was cool. That whole ship scene. Yeah. It's just like any other ship scene in the, in the show, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to sneak down hallways and they yeah. want to get trapped in a room and you know, all, all the, yeah. all the generic stuff with that. Mm. But yeah, I forgot that's how it ended. So they give them the information on where, where to find the Jedi and then they kind of go separate ways. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to see her again in the, for the rest of the season. And then obviously she comes back later, but I thought that was cool. Yeah. I was very I interested the- in all of them. They, they looked like they'd be interesting characters. Mm-hmm. And she's a, she's a big part in clone wars. Like I'm trying to piece together, like there's so many episodes I'm trying to piece together, like which ones I've seen her in. But again, they're almost like this, like rebel sort of um, like anarchist, like group within like star Wars. Like Mandalorian fanatic, whatever. You yeah, you can them. you can kind of get that feeling when like you know they they're relaxed with taking their headpieces off for one thing, and mm-hmm. it seems like they don't really follow the the whole Mandor code. Yeah, as strictly yeah. as um as our main character does. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say, I mean, I think it was good that we got this intro to her because obviously I feel like she plays a really pivotal role in that last episode that we'll talk about a little later. Yeah, but, yeah. That was the thing that I think this episode was cool with was like it kind of established like. I like the Mandalorian, like Creed, like it's kind of like a religion, pretty mm-hmm. much. Like, the Mandalorian's very strong. I think I saw one article that said like the main, like Din Djarin's like basically like an Amish, like Mandalorian, <laughs> like never takes the helmet off, which like it's kind of true. Like, yeah. He's but, very and like they're obviously like there's different, they're not all the same. Mm-hmm. And I think Bo-Katan kind of emphasizes that to him. And yeah. I think his, like Din's arc, I think throughout the show, Pedro Pascal's character, mm-hmm. I think you kind of see that, especially yeah. in the last two episodes. The last few. Yeah. When did he get the name Din Djarin? Like, was that like in the last few episodes? I feel like he definitely, he definitely gets called that, I think, in the first season. In the first, okay. I don't know why it was like, that, that? Yeah. Was that the name they gave him when they adopted him? It might have been. I, I, I didn't pick up that was like, because I guess no one called him that. So I really like just forgot he was named that until like after the show premiered. I don't know. So the ship's going down because the captain of it like shot, shot the, the pilots on it yeah. as, as per code because it was just going to just go down. They mm-hmm. they save it. They save it and they land it and they go their separate ways. Yeah. That, and then, that. like I said, she gives them the information about. Well, she, she straight up says she was like, go find Ahsoka on like this planet. So, and then that'll lead us into the next episode. But yeah, season uh, episode three was, I mean, it, kind of forgetful if you ask me. I really, that's this, that's the one that really didn't really get my attention too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But uh, obviously, it was it was pivotal for the information and the direction that he has to go next to into episode four. Yeah, and this one is titled "The Siege," and it was directed by Chubbs. Baby, you got a stew going. So, uh, Mr. Weathers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I thought I thought the action in this one was cool. Yeah, you know the overall premise of him, you know, going meeting with Cara Dune again, and then. Carl Weathers character. What's what's his name again? It's Grief Carga. Grief Carga. Okay. I always just call him Carl Weathers. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the only time he's in this season, right? This mm-hmm. one time. Yeah. yeah, which I thought was interesting. I thought we'd see more of him, especially after last season. Um, you know what? Like the When a new season happens or like a, a sequel to a movie happens and it's just like that quick like glimpse of like, well, look, look how much has improved since, this, since last time you were here. It was the in the beginning of this episode that, that like got that that feel for me when like the the town's all cleaned up. There's a school now, and there's you know it seemed like oh, it's yeah. more progressively built looked, up. Yeah, yeah, it looks good, right? It's still like the quick like recap that you that you feel in like the the first episode of a new season or the opening of like a new movie or a sequel to a movie. And, and then essentially with this episode, like what I, I was trying, so he gets like repairs done on their planet right and then in return like he has to help them with a favor yeah so i think he helps them like infiltrate like some imperial base or something yeah the one i thought he was probably the best character in the episode was the one guy that like he was doing time for a crime and they let him off his leash a little bit to to help him he drives Horatio Sands, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he drive he drives them to like this base and yeah. you know, they gotta try to get in and mm-hmm. he get he in. was like he was like the comic relief relief for the episode, I think. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, once they were in the base, right, they um you know, they start uncovering like some of the the things that the you know the, the new order's all behind, right? So the what do they call the death troopers? Yeah, dark troopers. The, the dark, dark troopers. troopers. Yeah, I think you see like a, a glimpse of them. That's at the very end of this episode, and I don't know if this was ever explained later on, but you see they're almost like cloning, like things. Yeah, this, or... I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess you kind of always knew they were doing that because in the first season when they had like a mm-hmm. child, like I guess that's, but it yeah. doesn't really. I don't. I mean, I'm, and I'm guessing they're maybe going to come back to it. But mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think the season really did much else with it. Yeah, Not that I think it needed to, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said I had a lot going on, but I thought this was—I thought the action was cool. I thought like once they steal that one like cargo ship, and they're like driving around, I thought that was really cool. They were dri- and I know this. There was also an infamous scene in this episode where um, I'm sure they edited it out, but apparently, like in one scene, you just see like a guy in blue jeans in the background that they really? forgot to like edit out. Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of like the the coffee cup in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think they said it was like much worse than that. <laughs> It was yeah. like clearly, I think, in the one frame on like the left. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They, I think within like a couple hours, they took it out. Mm-hmm. People, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. about it. that's funny. Oh, but yeah, I'm trying to like the specifics of this episode, and obviously, I think people like the the Grogu eating like the cookies in the school. I think that was like a big scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, I mean, he gets his ship repaired. Obviously, he's a couple like Tie fighters, like chasing the cargo ship, and then once his ship's repaired, he just takes him down. But the the end of this episode was where I really got the sense that they were doing more with Cara Dune. 
um, almost to the point of like her own show. So it sounds like that Rangers of the New Republic is, um, I don't know. I just got the sense that they were setting up something with that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, agree. Um, I see that. We had those two pilots talking to her at the end or that one. Yeah. But I thought Carl Weathers directed this well. You know, I thought, I thought this, the, like I said, I thought the action was really cool in this one. And um, I was actually surprised it was Carl Weathers doing it. I, I mm. can't really see him be one to be a director, but um, yeah. I think John Favreau said something like he promised him like he could direct like an episode in the second season. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't mind seeing him do another one next season. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 like his, I like his character. I thought he'd be like a one and done for season one. Yeah, his character was cool. I, I always forgot about Nick Nolte played character the previous season. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, me a comic. Yeah. So that is, that's that was episode four. I don't think there's much more to talk about that. Um, yeah. Before we get into episodes five to eight, I think, well, I I at least need to get a refill of my beer. Me too. So I, I think this would be a good time just to take a quick break, mm-hmm. and then when we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the season, and then where we see the Mandalorian as well as the Star Wars franchise where it's going. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I knew you'd go. Hey, mom! The meatloaf! Okay, so let's talk about the beer we're reviewing today. Mm-hmm. It's the Ma the Meatloaf Mango Wit Ale. And I'm saying wit that way because it's spelled W I T. I wonder if that's a little homage to that being like the brewery being right in the heart of uh, Philadelphia. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like right around like Northern Liberty, Spruce Street, Fishtown. I'm seeing. Like you can you can pick up beer there. It's pretty cool. I've gone there before. It's it's cool. It's a cool brewery. Yeah, what's the atmosphere like? It's I mean just regular like brewery type thing. It's pretty chill atmosphere. You get like a hipstery vibe there, you know. Do they have a kitchen? Like they 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 have food or they have like a like a food truck or whatever? Uh no, they they I'm pretty sure they have food there. I mean, I know when I went there, I don't think I got food. But they do have food. A lot of their beers have like pretty like creative names. Yeah, I was just uh, talking about the names too. They like some of them are really cool. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking at them now. Um, yeah. shut up, shut up, Meg. That's mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah. Now that now that's what I call Hoppy Volume Five. Yeah, that's a, that's a lemon drop. That's pretty cool. Funny things like that. This one's cool. And I think we should review this down the line. The gang gets quarantined. <laughs> That'd be fitting for now. Yeah. You guys are fans of uh, Shit's Creek. There's Ooh David. Never given that show a chance. Yeah. Fly like an eagle. Okay. I'll have what she's having. I've seen that in stores. Yeah. Obviously, the beer we got now today is you know homage to Wedding Crashers, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. I, I like I like that because you had gotten me that six pack too as a request to be a groomsman your wedding, which I mm-hmm. graciously accepted. Congratulations, Matt. Thank you. Though so, not, not not fitting way. Yeah. It's definitely be exciting. But no, this is good though. It's. I when I drink it, do you guys get a lot of mango with it? I get a lot of mango with it. Like it's very it, sweet. Yeah, it, it there is a lot of mango in it. I know I've had like mango beers from like other breweries and stuff too. It's pretty sweet. It's not like it's not really what you would expect from a type of like brewery beer like this. No, and you know it's very light too. It weighing in at five point five percent alcohol, so it's just above your average uh, but like light. light beer type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wheat from like free will is definitely a lot more like subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I prefer that a little bit to this. This is still good, but yeah, I, I'd agree. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. 
and I, and I think that's the interesting thing about about beers and these crab beers that were that why we did this as our aspect of our shows. Like just the names and the artwork are so catching. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest, I'm a little disappointed in the artwork for this bottle. It's very generic. It's really just like the logo for Evil Genius. There's mm-hmm. an, and, and it's just orange, like like it was meant to be mango. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that really catches my eye with that, but mm-hmm. it is a good beer. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's. You could you could taste the hops, but I think the sweetness of the mango overpowers the hops a little bit. Mm-hmm. This might be one that I I could get a, a full case of. I, I I think I could drink more than a six pack of it. We're gonna continue doing our grading scale of beers on a scale of one to five brews, with one being not so good and five being really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to think where you, where would you guys put this one at? I'd, I'd give this a three. A three. Yeah. I give yeah. this all like three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say I think I landed a three and a half. I, th- I think I definitely mm-hmm. like it a little bit more than I expected. Uh, yeah. That grade is a little sweet, but still pretty good. See, I wouldn't get a whole case of it, but like again, I feel like a lot of these craft beers, like I wouldn't ever want to get a whole case of it, just because you know I don't want that much of it. But like a yeah. six pack, it's like just enough, and then it's like if I like it, then yeah, I'll get the whole case. But yeah, like, you, know, you, know, it's, you know what's funny? Like I was actually at the beer distributor the other day, and like. They actually sell a bunch of these evil genius beers by the case too. So I, cool. I guess it's a, a testament to how popular it is. If you like it a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those breweries I hear a lot about from Philly. Yeah, I think the one that they're really like known for is that um purple dishwater one. It's mm-hmm. like a chocolate peanut butter porter, yeah. I think. Yeah. I got that for my dad for, for Christmas. He he seems to like those kinds of thing beers, so mm-hmm. he seemed to enjoy it. And honestly, like just from the names alone, like they definitely are very creative with what they they do. What I they see do. they had they have one. If you're a big fan of the Sandlot, they have one. You're killing me, Smalls. That's a raspberry shandy. <laughs> so I, I think they definitely like lean towards more of like the fruity flavors with mm-hmm. with their beers. So you definitely yeah. definitely see a bunch of variety if you go and try any of them. I rec I recommend this place. It's mm-hmm. it seems like just from the the website and i've never been there from, from what you said matt it seems like it's a mm-hmm. it's a nice atmosphere to go to cool vibe yeah it wouldn't be our podcast without us giving a, a free psa to everybody don't mm-hmm. drink and drive don't don't be an idiot mm-hmm. it's not worth it i mean the government only gave us 600 hours that's not enough to cover a dui yeah absolutely not it's been like that's a fifth of what you would owe so like you're doing okay. <laughs> no, you you probably owe more down the line too because you lose your license and then you can't yeah. work and you gotta like call Ubers and your mm-hmm. friend and it, it's just not good. Like you'd be paying more in the end than you would. So don't drink and yeah. drive. Be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And wear a mask. It's it's very important. Trust mm-hmm. me, I know. Yeah. You know what I saw to kind of end this? I saw it was a I saw it on the TV and it's like one of those like ads. It's a guard you put in your mask because like people are saying like the mask is too like heavy. It's too like hot, things like that. And you put the guard under the mask and you can breathe better. Well, there's, there, there's some that have um, filters, mm-hmm. you put little filter like sleeves inside the mask. I, I, I got one of them. Yeah. I think that's what maybe what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So are you saying but, instead of the filter, you just put a, a, a mango wood ale in there? You might be able to sneak one in there. Yeah. Maybe a winter warmer. <laughs> God. Yeah. Is that thing has that one still been drank? Is that still in your, your dad's fridge? Still too in the fridge, I think. Yeah. 
Somebody saved them or something. Matt, so. Matt, at your wedding, you, instead of icing him, you gotta you gotta like warmer ale him. You know, you gotta like oh. make him like chug that like right on the spot. It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, a gross beer. Yeah, so yeah, go go out and check out Evil Genius Beer Company out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of like different variety of beers, and you can get them. And almost any beer distributor, they they always seem to be available mm-hmm. like their rotation and stuff like that and they're very creative and very fun i i i would highly recommend them welcome back to post credit brews with matt dave and john so up next we got the fifth episode from this season titled the jedi directed by dave filoni and um this, I, in my opinion, this was the best episode this season, and it was it was the episode that brought uh, Ahsoka into it. So yes, yeah, it's definitely the one that like turned the tides with me getting like really like intrigued. But this is like where the binge started with me for me this episode. Yeah, I always forget about that with you, Dave. You watched them just like straight through. Yeah, it was just a binge. It wasn't like a weekly thing. Did you um, find yourself forgetting things as each episode went on? I think we talked about this before in a couple episodes ago about like why I was doing it the way I was doing it. Yeah, not really. I, I think um, I, the, for me, it was like I, what, the last episode we just reviewed. I forgot a lot about that one, but I felt like once I got to this episode, I was like hooked for like the rest of the season. Like yeah. each episode that followed after it was like just as good. And they, and they do a good job with the recaps, like like right before the episode starts, because they yeah. even they bring scenes from like season one into it too, just to like keep you like informed yeah. what's going on. I was gonna say, I remember, I think it was episode two. They showed like that like robot thing or something that was like one of the bounty hunters in that episode from season one. Yeah. And I remember being like, I was like, how's that gonna connect to this episode? <laughs> but you're right. Like usually, like for any show, I'll skip through it, and I'm like, it almost leaves clues, and you're like, all right, this is gonna happen this episode, and this is gonna happen. But yeah, now you're right. Like it does well at like kind of recapping what happened before. Obviously, this is such like a pivotal episode because they got Ahsoka, who was such like a major character in the Clone Wars. Obviously, Anakin Skywalker, um, you know, trained her, so you know, she's a big deal. That's uh, Rosario Dawson, right? Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you think? I thought she did a really good job. She was good. Yeah, I thought she was good. What do you think, yeah, John? I liked, I liked her. I thought, you know, visually, like, the character was pretty well realized, I think, from, you know, like, the, the from what I've seen, at least, you know, pictures and stuff from the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I thought Rosario Dawson did a really good job. I thought, you know, definitely not, definitely not, I think, taking the show away or anything from The Mandalorian. Like, it's definitely still focus of his show but it was kind of a cool like backdoor pilot i guess maybe mm-hmm. you could kind of call it like for her her show but i think you know yeah, definitely sure. justified why it'd be interesting to see a show centered on her mm-hmm. um, i think this episode leaves a lot of like clues to where her show could like go yeah and that's yeah. a good point to make too because I, I think they did a really good job but with the with the opening they give you a little bit of like a flashback of who she was and why she was significant without like forcing too much of her story onto you like you knew within like mm-hmm. the two minutes that, that that scene was that like that she was that her significance her importance into the show mm-hmm. and and everything yeah and, and i i think again i think if you hadn't watched you know clone wars or rebels or any of those shows like you weren't lost like you got it like you know 
she she's a lightsaber she's trying to rescue this village that's it but if you obviously have that history of like her background and stuff it it just kind of like you know it means more it's like rewarding for you almost yeah but i thought this was good and obviously you know this is the the episode where we learn what the child's name is so obviously grogu right yeah i I think that's the whole thing it's the biggest takeaway for me was Mm -hmm. you learned quite a lot in very little bit of time like what what this child was and like Mm -hmm. yeah it it wasn't like a baby like it's a a smart little being Mm -hmm. and you just didn't even know about it yeah you you kind of learn you know I, i think if you didn't read up you wouldn't know how old it was but obviously you know you learn this is i mean it's pretty old i think it's supposed to be like 50 years old grogu really and um you kind of learn how you know grogu was there when order 66 happened he was he was in the Mm -hmm. temple so like you know i think there's a whole history there that we got to learn about like how did he leave there like how did he get out how was he trained but you know you obviously you're right dave like i think in that short amount of time they give you like a lot so much information um information that i wasn't even expecting we would get yeah, like, I didn't even think we would get it in that quick a time. Mm-hmm. So, and I just think, just from the Mandalorian's perspective, like any doubt that he had about like going through with getting him back to the Jedi and just like raising him by himself, like I think he realized that this thing is bigger than it shows to be, and I and I think he knows right down there that like he's gonna have to go through with getting him back for the, the better the better good yeah and i think she kind of reinforces that too and saying like he's got a really strong bond with you like you know all that yeah that was why she couldn't teach him right because he was like too attached yeah yeah her. it wasn't mm-hmm. that her whole kind of like i've seen this before like i'm not gonna get through with him yeah like she brought up the whole like i've seen what like hatred does to somebody obviously she's highlighting you know what it did to anakin becoming darth vader but no, yeah, you're right, John. Like, she kind of says, like, I've seen what this, like, does to him. Like, I can't train him, but, like, go here. And so a Jedi that can train him will find him. And then what's the whole thing? She's trying to she, – she's fighting that village, but he's also trying to win that, like – what is that, that Beskar staff or something? Yeah, I think the village kind of hired out the Mandalorian to go take Ahsoka out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his whole reward was going to be that Beskar like spear, right? And I, he obviously he didn't care to, to get that spear. Mm-hmm. It was more so he just needed to know how to he find needed, her. He yeah, they wanted her to kind of so. Yeah, um, but I guess he was taking out that village because I guess she knew that they had information on on Thrawn. That's right. Thrawn. Who's a character from the car? I don't really know him that well. Yeah. Yeah, neither do I. But. I've actually, it's funny. I've seen a lot of rumors out now that saying supposedly they want Robert Downey Jr. to play him. Oh, but I, I, I mean, I, it's complete. I don't know if it's completely true or not, but, <laughs> but yeah, you got that. And then, you know, Michael Beans in this episode. I didn't realize he was in this episode, you know, until the credits. Yeah, not too big a part. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think one other thing to highlight too is like obviously. Dave Filoni was really big with doing like Star Wars Rebels and doing the Clone Wars and stuff. So I feel like he he really wanted to direct this episode, I feel, just in yeah, terms of bringing like Ahsoka to live action. So, yeah, I mean, that's like his character, right? Like, I think he mm-hmm. kind of like created her. So there was probably no question yeah. that he was going to do this episode. And it's funny, too, because I feel they introduced her in the animated Clone Wars movie that came out in 2008. 
And like, she was a very like disliked character in that. I'd never seen it, but I know like they just talked about how she was whiny. She was annoying. And then like, they really kind of built her character up in like clone wars and she returned in rebels and stuff. And I mean, she's, she's like one of like the fan favorites of people like her a lot. And again, I, I thought this was, this was my favorite episode this season. Definitely the one that got me like really like, like, Oh, I see what we're doing here. Now. Like, mm-hmm. Now, now let's, let's, start, let's start the binge now. Yeah. And, and so pretty much what this episode ends with is, yeah, like her, like they rescue the village and yeah, like she's trying to get information on where Thrawn is. And then it ends with, again, like her saying, I can't train him, but like take him to this rock and, you know, a Jedi that can train him will find him, hopefully. And that kind of leads us into our next episode, right? Episode six titled The Tragedy directed by robert rodriguez which i thought was really interesting just kind of with like his whole background and all the movies that he's done in the past but again great action i thought that's a good action director to get to direct this episode and um you know obviously the main standout in this episode is the introduction of boba fett right (laughs) yes yeah so you know i mean obviously you know the beginning he takes grogu to that rock obviously grogu goes into this like big like jedi type thing i don't know like jedi like meditation kind of state yeah perfect that's the word i'm looking for like meditation type state you're right and then you know it was kind of cool that you saw um what's it what's his ship's name slave one or something i i forget might be slave two slave two one of them (laughs) slave five (laughs) but and then you see that ship coming on in the distance and he's like, all right, we got to go. We got to go. And then, you know, he's still in his, his meditation state, but. Um, oh, wait, you mean the Mandalorian ship? No, I mean Boba Fett ship. Boba Fett's, oh yeah. I think, yeah, it's like ra- like slave one or two, whatever. Okay. The Razor yeah. Crest is the Mandalorian. Okay. Which obviously saw a pretty sad end in this episode, right? Yeah. Kind of yeah. sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Good yeah. turning point, but. But, uh, you know, and then he shows up and, uh, well, because he has the armor. So Boba Fett shows up and he tries to get the armor from him. And then obviously, you know, Moff Gideon shows up with stormtroopers to try and get Grogu. And, uh, you know, then they kind of get into this whole fight. I mean, this was a lot of action too. this episode. Just then brought back Fennec. Right, McNaughton. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost as much as that fourth episode. Um, and I think the whole thing was basically since the Mandalorian was protecting both, like his armor, like Boba Fett felt like he like owed him mm-hmm. something, right? So that's kind of why he joins in the fight. Something. Yeah. yeah, I thought the way they introduced him was cool. And I think this, they were definitely using this as an outlet for that, the, the film they wanted to do with Boba Fett with Josh Trank. Yeah, yeah. He never came through, but I think mm-hmm. you know, his own show, which we'll get into a little bit later, but then I think especially this episode was kind of like a, their way of, mm-hmm. I guess, giving justice to that character. Yeah. That's a good point, too, John. I forgot about, you know, at the beginning when Disney bought Star Wars, obviously they had all these, you know, they had the trilogy series that they were doing, and then there was talk of these standalones. Rogue One was always a standalone. They talked about kind of that prequel to New Hope. And then the Boba Fett spinoff was one movie that was always kind of in the works too. Obviously it didn't come to fruition, but I feel like a lot of those ideas that they had, they brought into these la- latter episodes of the Mandalorian. I thought the, 
when he shows up, so like when they're in that fight with the stormtroopers, and obviously they're, you know, they're, they're getting gunned down, things like that. I thought when he goes and gets the armor and puts it on, I thought that was like one of like the coolest scenes of this season. That's right, yeah. And, and does that, mm-hmm. um, and then just starts like taking him out. It was it was cool. It, it was uh, yeah. It was it was good fight. Like I said, the action was really good in this. This was definitely the episode I think that was like most on the edge of my seat with suspense wise. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think just just from the get go was all action. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna say I could be wrong, but I felt like the entire episode was yeah. You're right, Dave. Like action in that like desert type place. But yeah, it makes me want to oh, rewatch it now. It kind of felt like a climax, like like the season. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of like the peak, and then the rest is kind of like the last two episodes are kind of like the resolution for that. Mm-hmm. They really could have just made that the season finale if they wanted to. Yeah, it felt like a season finale. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. definitely. If it was yeah, cliffhanger for sure. Mm-hmm. Would have been. Yeah, but it was cool. Yeah, obviously, like I said, the Death Troopers kind of come down and and take Grogu. They try to chase after them. Obviously, they can't take down the ship because he's on it. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool. I, I like, like I said, I like them bringing back Fennec too. I think she's a cool character. I really hated the episode they introduced her in the last season, but I thought this season she was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a weak episode in the first season. Yeah, where he was helping out that young bounty hunter. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was trying to get like his his shot in the guild or something. From what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I thought this one was cool. And then obviously, so this is the episode that ends with him going back to Cara Dune and trying to find Mayfeld. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I had an idea that he was coming back too, but this kind of just validated that. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this one? I mean, I, I thought this one was cool. Good introduction to Boba Fett. Yeah, the, like I said, the action was a standout in this one, I thought. Oh, for sure. And what was really cool, well done too was – it's not like they had a huge – it was just like a hill. A lot of action in the very confined spot. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that whole action was a good like 20, 30 minutes of just going back and forth. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like it's just I, – I was trying to think of like other scenes in this episode and like the ones that stand out is like that end where he's getting like Mayfeld's information from Cara Dune. Like that whole action sequence in the middle and then like Grogu meditating. Like yeah. those are the only pieces that I remember from and I'm like this this and this. Yeah, the the so. the key highlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we jump into the next episode which was titled The Believer directed by Rick Famuyiwa who uh who directed the one episode last season with all like the bounty hunters and stuff. So the the one that Bill Burr was in last season. He directed this one. So I thought this I thought the, again, I thought this one was cool. You know, I thought the action was cool in this, but in my opinion, I thought the stand, and we'll get into more of this later, but I thought the standout was like some of the dialogue they had in this episode. And they gave you a lot of like exposition on like why certain characters act a certain way and and things like that. And I thought it was cool. And so this whole episode is Mandalorian and Bill Burr. They they get him out of like, I guess he's in like prison or something like that. Yeah, I guess from what last season. Yeah, so it's kind of like what they did a couple episodes ago with Carl Weathers and them. Like they just take a prisoner and like reduce a sentence or like give him some kind of a sentence. Like you got to help us. Mm-hmm. So, so his character was used to be a stormtrooper, right? I don't know if he, I don't think he was a stormtrooper, but I think he was like part of like the the Empire. The Empire, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was he a stormtrooper, John? Do you know? I think he might have been. 
He had, I don't think it was Stormtrooper, but it was like, I know Cara Dune's the Shock Trooper. Okay. But he was, he was something else, but I think it was for the Empire. I feel like he was just like one of those, like the guy that they were sitting down talking to. I feel like he was just one of those guys in like one of the gray suits with like the hats and things. Maybe. Yeah. I know what you'd call them. Yeah. So the whole episode is just them trying to infiltrate, I guess, that that Empire station, right? Yeah, I think they're trying to get onto to Moff Gideon's ship or like break into mm-hmm. it or so. Yeah, or like find out where it is. Yeah. So the whole yeah. So a big part of this episode was they dress up as as troopers, right, or as as guards mm-hmm. or whatever. As and yeah, it, it well, stormtroopers, yeah. yeah. And it kind of it takes the Mandalorian out of like his comfort zone. Like he's, he's got to take his mask off. He's got to put a new one on. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they're in like those in like that that tank truck, and they're driving down like, and it's I guess, I guess it's such a secure like lane, like so no one usually gets through unless it's because it's so like top secure and everything. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of pirates come in and start attacking them. Yeah, right? that was cool. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, the pirates trying to like explode the ship. I guess they're trying to steal whatever like energy they were like transported. Yeah, the, so they were transporting like I, I guess it was like like what what, we, what exactly what we would yeah. think of as like um as like, like um nuclear waste as, as nuclear like, as nuclear energy. Yeah, yeah. Like, one little tap and it'll explode, kind of mm-hmm. things. Like that's yeah. the way they were treating it. Yeah, because they they had to drive super slow. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even like leading up to that again, like I thought like some of the dialogue between, you know, Mando and, and Mayfeld was good. Yeah. Um, and again, you kind of see where like Bill Burr's like, I felt like they did a good job at like giving you exposition on like what the empire was about and kind of like their motives through like his character. Yeah. You know, even after just like seeing Bill Burr in this and then seeing him in the King of Style, I'm like, I'm really, I, I hope he does more things. I, he's, he's pretty good. He's having a good year. Yeah, I was going to say like a good I, – I, you texted that to me, John, right after this episode where you were like it's – like it, it's cool to see. He actually is like a really good actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I liked him a lot in this episode. I think this actually might have been my favorite episode. Um, mm-hmm. I think for of, that reason, I think the action, the action was really good, but I think like the conversations they were having and kind of like the – I don't know, just the whole like all, all the stuff that can go into Star Wars. Like obviously it's the action, it's the you know, the characters and the spectacle. Mm-hmm. But I mean it's also like it's kind of like can talk about some legitimate like issues, and I think this episode kind of did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think one of the big things to get into from what you were saying, John, with the big issues is um, you know, obviously you have them, they actually get into the base and they get like confronted by that one officer. And, you know, they sit down, they have a drink with him, and then you kind of get Bill Burr. He goes into more of, like, you learn more about, like, what the Empire was before and stuff like that. I don't know the exact name, but I know, like, before the Empire fell with, like, Palpatine. And this was in one of the video games, I know. It was, like, he, like, executed, like, some type of order, like, after he died. And I guess it was just, like, exterminating, like, these planets, things like that. And I think that's what Bill Burr's character used to be involved in. And he was obviously like, I can't do this anymore. This isn't me. Yeah. He um he wasn't a stormtrooper. He was a sharp shooter. Okay. I call him. It doesn't, I mean, he's basically just yeah. like a sniper is what, mm-hmm. I, what I can find. Yeah. But, and I think it was essentially just Palpatine being like, we got to take out these planets if I go out and, and things like that. And I think he started getting a conscience and he was like, look, I'm not doing this. Um, but you kind of saw that, like him reveal that as his character 
throughout the episode, especially in that scene. Just from the moment when I saw him, like, you know, he was doing some kind of work in, like, that confinement wherever he was at. Like, you could just, like, just tell just his, his persona and the way he was that he was a guy that obviously, like, was bad and flipped and is now paying his dues for it. I got that sense right away. Yeah, that he actually wasn't, like, as bad as he was leading on to, right? I think one big thing I took away from this episode was the, the character of the Mandalorian is – He's just he's this guy that has obviously like been he grew up in a cult and has been brainwashed to live his life a certain way and he's I think he's now starting to understand that you have to like flex the rules a little bit and and go against your own beliefs for the to achieve something better mm-hmm. and obviously this was him taking his mask off and when those guys confronted him yeah. You know, like you could tell, you could, and he, he played off very well. Like the, the look on his face, he was like visibly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could tell he was out of his comfort zone. Yeah, so I I, I like this sense that it's pushing him out of his, like you said, out of his comfort zone. So mm-hmm. I and maybe season three, they confirm that, right? Season three. Yeah, season three is coming. I, yeah. you, I, I maybe you can start getting a little more, more of like a emotional depth to his character and his background just from him mm-hmm. being able to you know, break out of his shell a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're going to see him. I, I feel like the next season we're going to see him without his mask. Like, I don't think he's going to be wearing it at least as much. I think yeah. this uh, was a good continuation from like, I think the ideas they introduced in the third episode with like Bogotan. Mm-hmm. Like the whole fact, you know, I'm thinking, I mean, I think even in the next episode, you see it too. Yeah, you see a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, again, I thought this was, you know, cool episode. Obviously, they get what they need. You know, he sends that message to Moff Gideon at the end that he's coming for him and kind of ends like that as a penultimate of the season. But I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought, like I said, I think the dialogue was the standout of this episode, but um, there was also really good action too. And it, it yeah it ends with uh they bring they bring him back to I guess drop off where, where they they picked him up from and they they just turn their shoulder and let him let him go free mm-hmm. which is a which is cool so I wonder yeah. I wonder if we'll see him in the future again I, I, I'm not going to be shocked if we see him again in the Rangers of the New Republic yeah I think you I think they were so they were definitely making it a point of how Cara Dune because. I guess we didn't. He blows up like that base, like they're flying off, and and Mayfield, you know, he blows the rest of it up. Bill Burr's character. Um, I think they kept making it a point to show that like Cara Doom was like impressed with like how he like handled himself. Yeah. Situation. So I definitely Mm -hmm. wouldn't be shocked if we see him again, even if it's like an episode here or there. Yeah, I can't see. I, 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 you never know. I mean, I was gonna say I can't see Bill Burr like committing to like a series, but you know, you never know. Maybe he will be like a main character in that. I like he his character a lot. Like Rick, yeah, he must be like a Rick Famuyiwa. Like he must have come up with the character if he was involved with maybe both episodes. Mm-hmm. I think he'd yeah. be a fool not to at least do a couple more projects with this franchise. I mean, this is a goldmine right now. Yeah, I'll be interested to see who they get because I mean, like, like in our last episode, you know, the season finale last season, what we talked about, like just all the series that they're releasing, like it'll be interesting to see who they get as like showrunners and directors and, and writers and things like that for it. Cause obviously it all starts there, but yeah. So I, I guess, I mean, this brings us into what the finale, right? Yeah. So episode eight of the season and this one is titled the rescue. 
And uh, it was directed by Peyton Reed, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know he was directing two this season because this one was really strong. He directed the second episode too, which again, I said was my least favorite, but yeah. Obviously this finale was like super packed with Mm -hmm. a lot of emotion, a lot of action. Like I said, these last like four were just like really, really good. Uh, They were all hits. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. But no, I mean, I thought this was good. Obviously, you know, we'll get into it later, but like obviously the standout of who shows up later in the episode, um, you know, I feel like was the big, big thing in this episode, which I didn't even see coming. I wasn't expecting that at all. I kind of had a feeling that the reveal at the end was what it was going to be, but I was just figuring out how it was going to be done. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I expected it to be a big reveal, but not with who that it, who it was. Who it was, yeah. I thought I it was going to be like one of the characters really. from like Clone Wars or Rebels, but yeah, no, it was cool, and I think it it shows like the potential for like the series moving forward. Like if he could show up at the end of this one, like just imagine who else is going to show up in other right. shows. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think it just starts off right up, you know, right off the bat, like them. Well, they, they connect with Bo-Katan again and the rest of like her crew. Um, and then they get them involved to fight with them to try and get Moff Gideon. Obviously, she wants to get that weapon. You know, Mando wants to get Grogu. And they infiltrate the ship, which I thought was cool. I thought all those characters like Cara Dune, Fennec, and Bo-Katan working together was like pretty cool in that scene. Yeah, because you get like... In, within them working together, you can tell they were still like trust issues and some like mm-hmm. and some drip between each other but they still somehow came together and mm-hmm. and, we're, and we're fighting together it, it was it was cool yeah and then one thing that I, I thought was cool was that it was all we kind of mentioned it was all like the like the female like characters mm-hmm. but the show didn't have to like rub it like in your face that it was all yeah i, I liked uh-huh. avengers endgame a lot but that i was just gonna say that i was just gonna say that like it, it's so insanely forced, and this show didn't. And they didn't even need to make a mention of it, which yeah. I think made it all yeah. the stronger. In this, mm-hmm. I, I was surprised because I, I thought of that as I was watching it, and then I saw a lot of articles picked up on that, and I was like, like mm-hmm. that's how I felt watching it. Like I thought yeah. the exact same thing, it, it, and that's perfect. Like it, it felt natural, right? You didn't have anyone saying a line like she's not alone, and you had all of the characters just moving together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, one can make the, one can make the argument that like they were the they were the stars of the of the episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were pulling all the heavy weight there. I thought, mm-hmm. and that you know, taking them down and all that. It was yeah. cool when I, when Cara Dune was like when she lost like all the ammo in her gun and she had to like imp- improvise a little bit throughout like trying while she still got attacked and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny too because I remember watching it and I. For some reason, I thought like one of them was going out. Like I thought like one of them wasn't making it out of this. I episode. thought it was Cara Dune. I thought Cara Dune was going. Yeah. I thought she I was, was thinking Fennec. I was getting worried for her, <laughs> but like obviously that's not the the case at the yeah. end. But yeah. yeah. <sighs> but yeah, now that was cool. I'm glad we talked about that because I feel like that's something we might have skated over. But I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Th- this whole finale just was so reminiscent of season one's finale. Just so full of. Like nonstop action, like every mm-hmm. scene, like had you on the edge of your seat from start mm-hmm. to finish. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was cool. And then, you know, obviously, what's Mando do? He's trying to find Grogu, right? Yes, yeah. that's a really cool action scene between him and Moff Gideon. 
Yeah. Moff Gideon basically is kind of, mm-hmm. he's going to allow him to walk off with Grogu. He's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. take him, just don't let me yeah. kind of do my own thing. And then mm-hmm. he kind of doubles yeah. back on him and he starts fighting him. And that's a really good action scene, too. It was a good blend of like the action and then like writing kind of like mixed in there, too. The way they yeah. wrote like the characters' dialogue and stuff, but you know, I mean, at the end of the last one, obviously, you know, he gives. I, I saw somebody related to like that was his like Liam Neeson taken speech, like I'm coming after you. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't wasn't that the same? That was the same speech that Moff Gideon gave in the end of the first season. The oh, whole, was you it? have something that belongs to me. Oh, like, right. you, you okay. have no idea. Yeah, but he mm-hmm. that that was the speech that Moff Gideon said. When they were hold, when they were like holed up in the bar. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those from the first season. Right. He's in everything. John Carlo Esposito. <laughs> but, he didn't. I mean, I, I liked the second season of The Boys, but he didn't. He was good in it, but he didn't do yeah. a ton. I forgot. He I was guess in he'll the boys. still be in it. It's yeah. kind of just like like this too. Like he's he's there. He's a strong force, but like he. He doesn't really have that much screen time in, in the mm-hmm. boys, just like this. He doesn't have that, that much screen time, but when he's on, like he, he steals it. Yeah. He didn't die at the end of this, did he? No. He did okay. No, he was still... It's like unclear. Like, okay. I think he gets like knocked out. But yeah. he's definitely yeah. not dead. Okay. I think I think Breaking Bad definitely like, set him. I I think Breaking Bad's what got him both of his roles. Oh. And yeah. he's still in Better Call Saul. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's in those three shows. Mm-hmm. Three of the biggest shows this year. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, it's right. Yeah, I saw he's trying to get Professor X, like he wants to like I, play Professor X. I think Brian Cranston would be, be a cool great to, Professor X. I think it'd be, be cool to see him as a good guy, but I see him more as Magneto. Magneto, Magneto, be cool. Yeah, I remember he did. He was like the lead in this one show on Fox, where like it was the world without electricity. Oh yeah, I remember and that. The, and it's just the first episode. I was in college when it came out. And the, like the first like scenes, like the, everyone realized they lost power, and it's just like him riding out on a horse, and like the yeah. same kind of this like wardrobe that he wore as Moff Gideon. And I just like, yeah, I can't take this seriously. Can't watch this. Yeah, it yeah, was kind of how I felt with. It was kind of like how I, how I um, sorry, it was kind of like how I felt when Under the Dome debuted on CBS. <sighs> Couldn't do it with Dean Norris. I'm like, this is stupid. That had a couple seasons too. I don't know how that did, but I think I don't, it did. Had, I don't even know how I had a couple episodes. It was so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I stopped after like three. I think. One yeah. second. Twenty three nineteen. We have a twenty three nineteen. Sorry, I didn't clear that out. We're good. No, you're good. But yeah, you know, obviously you're right. Like there was a good action sequence. I mean, there was the the scene with the Death Troopers, right, coming after him. Yeah, and I and one of the biggest things is. All the was it the this the dark army is that what it's called? All those drones. I guess they call them the, the death dark, troopers, dark right? Troopers, dark, the dark troopers. The dark troopers. They obviously okay. they obviously get triggered, and it's like this force to be reckoned with. Like you know, like you don't stand a chance against it. So it's just the whole. Mm-hmm. It was. I like the whole fight sequence between uh, the Mandalorian and Moff Gideon around all of them. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to dodge all that shit while they're fighting each other. I thought that was a really cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was glad like they brought them back. Because when mm-hmm. he locked them in that, like, that, yeah. so I was like, if that's it for them, I was like, that was such a waste. You, you know what it, when they came you know, back, which was good. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me in uh, the second Austin Powers when he releases Mini-Me in space. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, pushes that button and he kicks out. That's what I thought of. And, yeah, yeah. Th- you're right, John. I'm glad they brought them back later because I was like, that was it. It was just kind of like a shoulder shrug. Like, that was, you know. Yeah. 
that all that happened. I didn't really. Oh, and yeah, there there was one part that like I just like looked. I'm like, God, this is just like Hollywood, just being so dramatic. Like the way that that one drone beat the shit out of the Mandalorian, and how he was still able just to get up. It's like, come on, Mm -hmm. dude. Yeah, like there wasn't even like a scratch on his face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he pounded his face into the ground. He loves his flamethrower. Like he uses that a lot. Yeah, he does. (laughs) He does. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, obviously, you know, later on he, so yeah, he pushes the button, they all go out in space and then he gets the, he beats Moff Gideon in, in combat. Right. And then he gets the saber from him, gets Grogu, brings him back. Yeah. They're in like the control room, I guess, of the ship and like, they're all like, like they're all in there for a big final showdown. It's like all mm. the main characters are in there. But they're locked yeah. in because the the rest of the, like the, the the dark troopers are are coming toward them. Like the rest mm-hmm. that didn't get zipped out are are coming back in. Yeah, and, and yeah. Like you know they're they're pounding the door and they're all just like waiting there for their final doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's obviously the big you know the scene like leading up to that too is obviously, you know he comes back he tries to give the dark saber to is that what it's called the the dark saber John? Yes. Is that he tries to dark, give it to both. You know, Din tries to give it to Bo-Katan and she's like, you could tell like something's up with her and she's like, I can't accept this because obviously she's trying to, I guess she wants to like reclaim like the, the Mandalore or something. Yeah, I think the weapon, like whoever has it's kind of like seen mm-hmm. as like the leader. They're kind of in power. Yeah. They have to win by combat. Combat. So, to right. ra- rightfully own it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Mandalorian kind of- had it because he, he beat more Gideon Off. in their fight. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think Moff Gideon. I think didn't. I don't think he lost the fight purposely, but I think he kind of knew. Like, like I don't really care if he gets this because she can't have it. Yeah, and I think yeah, he knows that like he doesn't want this, but like at the end of the day, like he's gonna have to fight her or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but and I think that I think that's gonna be like a central theme, like moving forward into next season. If you're trying to figure out what next season looks like. I feel like Bo-Katan, I think she's going to be in probably every episode, like, moving forward, if that's going to be the case. You know, obviously stuff happens, and then the next thing you know, you see an X-Wing fly into, you know, the deck of the ship, right? And you're trying to figure out who is that, who is that? And, you know, you get the Death Troopers pounding on the door, trying to get in, and then, you know, slowly you just see this this green lightsaber just mowing them all down, right? Yeah, when I saw that, I kind of, like, figured, like, I knew what was going on. It was, I was like... That might be him. That might not be him. I was like, I feel like it can go either way. And then obviously they revealed that it was him, right? Yes. Yeah. And I guess, you know, from what I was reading too, they almost think like Grogu like summoned him or something. Like summoned him? Like, that, yeah. that, that could very well be, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll just announce it. Obviously, like Luke Skywalker appears. Mm-hmm. And it was really, I found it until afterwards and like I – I thought well, when I first watched, I'm like, "Wow, they got a really good actor to like that looked mm-hmm. just like him." But it turns out it was just like CGI, like Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. which I thought was the coolest thing about the whole entire thing being there. Yeah, it looked cool, right? Yeah, just, like, <laughs> just I mean, the fact that they what they did to Joe Pesci and the Irishman just tells you that like the technology with like de aging and stuff like that is gone. And yeah. I, I it was phenomenal with what mm-hmm. they did with Mark Hamill. It was it really good. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, um... I think the Marvel movies have done it really well. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War, I think, which is really good, too. Mm-hmm. 
it's interesting because I always see fan casting for like if they were ever to do like a Luke show or something or like a Luke movie, and um, Sebastian Stan is uh, always like it's on the top of people's all lists. over on Twitter. Yeah, I, I I gotta be honest. I kind of got a little bit of a, of a hint about this reveal because I you know I tried staying off of Twitter mm-hmm. during this during the eight weeks. Yeah, I just knew it was just the ground to mm-hmm. get something leaked, but yeah. Obviously, the day that I'm when the finale comes, I was like, I got caught up to watch the finale on the day that it got released. When Mark Hamill's the number one trend, like you, you know something happened. You know he's on there, yeah, and and he didn't die, so I know like something. Yeah, you know, no, it's funny too. I would always avoid IMDb because I remember I would go on IMDb before I'd watch the episode. I'd be like, this person directed it. This, you know, this person wrote it. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember for the first episode, I got it spoiled that Boba Fett was in it. So I remember like seeing that because he showed up in the casting like on like the list, and I was just like, "Damn, <laughs> like, I don't want to see that." <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, now obviously Luke shows up. He takes Grogu. You have that kind of emotional scene with, um, you know, Grogu and, and Mando. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't, of... doesn't want to go with you. He wants you permission to go. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. He says you can go. Um, I definitely think that's not the last we see of them together. I think at some no. point he's going to show up again. Yeah. Um. Whether or not that's season three, again, I don't, I don't know much about season three, right? Yeah, I, I, the way this ended, it almost felt like they weren't sure if season three was going to happen, so they ended it very, um, I guess, non-spoiler heavy, kind of because like, and with season one they, they left you with that huge cliffhanger. And again, I, I feel like one of the big things too is, uh, you know, obviously like a, the central theme of this show was Grogu, right? Like yes. it's all you ever heard of baby Yoda, baby Yoda. So like, what does this show look like without that? Um, that that's a good, th- that's a good question to bring up. Uh, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't know what season three holds. I don't know what they're thinking. It definitely yeah. opens up the door to more possibilities mm-hmm. because like, I, I don't know if I could do another season of, of like him keep trying to fight. The whole series was him trying to find the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many more favors I can see, see Mando keep going through to achieve that. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm I'm kind of glad that they kind of just shut that down, mm-hmm. but I'm curious to see what they do going forward. Where they go with it, yeah. And, and again, I mean, I, I know I brought it up. I think that Bo-Katan thing is going to be like a major thing with the show. Yeah, it's yeah. probably going to look more like the Mandalorian, maybe like people, like as a uh-huh. whole. Yeah, I think I don't know, but yeah, that stuff. I mean, Grogu kind of was the main thing, so I think that's a good question to ask: is what does this show look like without mm-hmm. that? But I think it definitely has plenty of room to expand. Like, I don't think it needs maybe. Yeah. And I think, um, I think there's a lot of, yeah, like what you were saying, John, a lot of stories that they can do with, uh, with the characters and all that stuff. Yeah. And then obviously you had that little, little post-credit thing at the end. So I don't know. So what happened at the end there, John, with that post-credit? Um, so it's basically, yeah, you know, you watch the whole episode, you get to the end. Fett was kind of like conspicuously out of the rest of this episode, yeah. which was kind of weird. Um, yeah. But then you see kind of Fennec walk down these steps and you realize it's Jabba's palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the character's name is you know, Bib Fortuna, I guess is his name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jabba's like henchman mm-hmm. from Return of the Jedi. And he's yeah. basically assumed Jabba's like role, I guess, in control of like the huts. Mm-hmm. Um, basically Fennec kind of comes down and then Boba Fett's kind of right behind her mm-hmm. they take her out and then Boba Fett kind of assumes the position and you well he does assume the position mm-hmm. uh, in like you know, the chair and you get the reveal that uh, Disney Plus is going to release the book of Boba Fett 
in mm-hmm. the year. So December yeah. 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'll – I mean, this was a – again, I, I heard rumors that they were going to do a Boba Fett series, but I thought this was a big, like, surprise. Like, I wasn't expecting this at all. I'm still trying to figure out with all these announcements. So are all these new shows, are they in conjunction with The Mandalorian, or are they – just take place before, after. I, I yeah. I'm still trying to figure out the, the timeline for all, all these. Like it, the whole map of Star Wars just is just confusing mm-hmm. as shit. I thought yeah. the, I thought the family trip for Game of Thrones was confusing, but then you look at like the Star Wars timeline, mm-hmm. and you're just like, what the fuck am I looking at? It, it was easy to follow when it was just movies, but yeah, I mean, after like the like ten plus shows that they announced a couple weeks ago, it's just like, mm-hmm. where does this fit? Where does this right. fit? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Basically, they're saying like there's going to be an event series that ties in the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, and I imagine the Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett wasn't announced until this episode came out, and this episode came out a week after um, the Disney Investor Day announcements. So it's it's going to be some like the DC TV universe where it's like all the Flash and uh, I, yeah, that's Super probably Girl a really good it. way to. Do they have like um, one of those like super events where like they all like come together on like one special and yeah, it'll probably be like the Mandalorian. I mean, it's just a guess. It'll probably be like the Mandalorian season four or something like that. But it'll it'll probably be after there's been like a season of Ahsoka, a season of Rangers of the New Republic. Corner, like, and, I mean, I think this episode, all those characters coming together, like you kind of get that idea that they want also, all these what, um... weave. Yeah, mm-hmm. or what Marvel's trying to do with the defenders, trying to like bring all of them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. another. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, do yeah. But think, do you think all these things open up the door to Grogu appearing in these other shows? I mean, I think he's going to appear eventually. I mean, I would, I would imagine he would appear eventually in another season of Mandalorian. But I mean, I don't think it's like too far fetched to think of like him showing up in like Ahsoka or, you know. Yeah, one of those shows, or at yeah. least be like a central theme, like talked about, or mm-hmm. you know, like they obviously are within the same universe. Yeah, I saw. I, I've seen a lot of funny memes where it's just like, it's like relating like Grogu with like Kylo Ren, like if they were at like Luke's school at the same time. Like, what does that look like? <laughs> to, to go back to the the post credit scene, though, I saw really, and uh, you just talk about. It. I mean, the internet's full of memes now, right? Yes. So I saw another funny one with that character. What's his name? Bib Fortuna, you said, John, or something? I think so. And I mean, he's looking he's looking pretty big from the last time we saw him in Return of the Jedi. And I saw a meme. It was just like like something like 2020 has been bad on all of us. Or like something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, um, it wasn't much given away with that post credit scene. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I, I liked it a lot. And then. You know, I didn't even know there was one until I saw somebody comment on Facebook about it. And I saw, like, stick around for the post credit scene. I was like, wait, there yeah. was one? It was a couple hours after I'd watched it. So yeah. I went back and I was like, oh, that's awesome. With, with these sort of things now, I think because Marvel made it so popular and, and also, like, was a big reason why we're called post credit brews. Mm-hmm. I'm always inclined just to keep thinking that there might be a post credit scene that might have somehow connect it to something else mm-hmm. with that, with anything that I watch now. Yeah. There's something, a tag at the end. I don't know. I, I just, I just, I feel myself being kind of annoyed when like you, you wait during the crisis, especially when, when you're in the theaters, God, I miss mm-hmm. the movie theaters, but when you're in the theaters yeah. and you wait all that time and then 
it's just like a spoof one. Like it's a like Captain America sitting there and you're just like, so you got the tension again. Like I, I kind of liked that one, but I, I, I it, it was it was it was comical, but it's just like, come on, like I waited for this. Yeah. No, I yeah. want something good. You didn't, you didn't appreciate the ant playing the drums at the end of Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> Is that the very like final one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, there have been a lot. I agree with what you said. There have been a lot of dumb ones. The uh, mm. Thor, the yeah. Dark World, like the big creature playing with like the butterfly. They That's the that. thing. If you're gonna like make, make the stupid one earlier, yeah, and not like right. the more pivotal one, because you see the pivotal one and then you think there's gonna be something else at the end. And yeah, yeah, they did the one about Adam, and they never even like went back on it. Yeah, Adam Warlock, right? I guess it'd be in the third movie, but I mean that's. That would be I six mean, years probably by the time that comes out. We were – I was going to say, we were supposed to get – I mean, this is kind of going off on a tangent a little bit here, but we were supposed to get Guardians 3 this year, I'm pretty sure, or 2020 oh. it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure probably. But any any final thoughts on this season, though? What you know? What were some standouts, anything we would have improved? I There's not much I would change. I, I thought this was a really well-done season, and, and – Comparison to season one, it, it really felt like there there was more um more substance mm-hmm. and and more to to work with. Yeah, and obviously the season one was more of like an introduction. And like John, you made a good point saying that they spent the first couple episodes introducing the world and introducing like the the idea and the concept of what they were doing. And mm-hmm. I think this season they were able to have more fun and explore more with it. And yeah. You know, I, I told you from the beginning. I thought that this season really felt like a video game with mm. side with a bunch of side missions and and obtaining mm. things to to keep on going to more side missions. Well, maybe season one was kind of like that too, but I really yeah. like, felt like more like that in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just you bringing up all the directors, I thought it was really unique seeing all the different like directors and all their different directing styles and how they were able to make it seem like they were, it was one director the entire time. I didn't, I, I, before you told me, I really wasn't even paying attention to the director. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was all just the same person directing it. Yeah. That, that was one of the things I was always excited to kind of see each week was like seeing like who directed this episode. And it, again, it kind of turned into like, I would look on IMDb before I watched it and then I didn't want to be spoiled. So then I would just wait till the end of the episode. And I remember even like the second one, even though I didn't love that episode, I thought it was cool that Peyton Reed directed it. Like small things like that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I, I think this season again, I liked it more than season one, and I liked how it sort of started off as this almost like adventure of the week type show, and then like toward the latter half, you kind of got more of like this narrative, like storytelling that you see in these like Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. type shows like that. So um, I thought it was good. I, I again, I thought the action was good. I thought the writing was good. I like the characters, so I, I thought it was an overall really great season. Yeah, it was very visually stunning too, and uh, you you made a good point too. It was a mm-hmm. this callback to like the 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 old days when you would watch a show weekly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Like, we've had that discussion before in our mm-hmm. future of um of TV episode we did a, last season. Yeah, yeah, I like that format too. That like weekly thing, because to be honest with you, if this show came out on a Friday. I would have finished the entire thing in like one weekend and like, I would need to refresh before we reviewed it right yeah. now, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but I thought it was good. And again, it kind of exceeded the expectations that I had because again, I thought 
it was just going to be very rushed with everything with COVID and kind of just trying to get it done and all this stuff. Right. Uh, you know, obviously I would assume a lot of the people that work on this show were able to work virtually and edit it and do all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was really good. It definitely it, makes me excited for, you know, third season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just makes me want to get more into, you know, Star Wars content as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would agree. I definitely think it was a, a bit stronger than the first season, but I don't know. It, like, it, I feel like it improved, like, just as a sequel should. Like, it's not a ding on, like, the first season, but mm-hmm. I think it took everything that worked in the first season and then stepped it up. You know, yeah, stepped it up a bit. Yeah. What else do we want to kind of talk about here? Do we just, I feel like we talked a lot about, like, some of the old, the upcoming shows and things like that. Yeah, we did a good time thinking and talking about uh, where we see the the series going and how it'll all connect. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It really, it, I, I'm looking forward to what 2021 and beyond has mm-hmm. in regards to the, the Star Wars franchise. Um, I, I just go back to when we did our episode on the Mandalorian with our um, Rise of Skywalker episode, where I was saying that. Star Wars was getting kind of salty and like with the mm-hmm. movies and I just don't know how much more like you can keep doing without like mm-hmm. sort of piss off the fans. So yeah. I think that the, the TV series aspect was a, a good way to mm-hmm. keep it going and, and bring something new and refreshing to the table. Yeah. I was going to say, I think this is a, you know, and, and I think it's, it's cool kind of to think back of how we felt last year. Cause I feel like we're in the same spot where it's like, I feel like the TV shows are much more interesting for us than some of the movies that they have coming out. And even just with everything to kind of go back to that, like investor day that we reviewed, you know, I feel like they're really like putting all their chips in on like TV series, as opposed to like new movies. I think we only got one movie announcement, right? Yeah. I think they're doing, they're making the Patty Jenkins rogue squadron movie. And then I think mm-hmm. they're still doing a movie with Taika with TD, but they have, yeah. Right. To- say what that they didn't say yeah but yeah it's it's cool though i think um again i i think you know we had a lot to say about the show i'm I'm excited to see what the future holds for it and uh yeah looking forward to it yeah this i think it was definitely a good one to start off season three for post-credit brews Mm -hmm. and what's really exciting is i i usually have always said that january and february have been like the drought for content and I think just from coming off the break, we have a lot of stuff planned so far coming up that we're actually trying, like debating what we're going to do next because there's so many things we can do. We got like Wonder Woman coming up and we got mm-hmm. the, the new Pixar movie Soul. And yeah, yeah. obviously the Schneider Cut's coming out in a couple months. So we, mm-hmm. we got a couple things planned and, you know, WandaVision. Yeah. Like we, we have a lot of things coming up. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely think- exciting season so far going. Yeah. And I think obviously not being able to go to the movies, but you know, that whole like HBO max deal that we talked about previously too. um, game changer, HBO max and WB. Like, obviously we got a lot of movies that we're going to be able to review um, without going into the theaters as much as we miss it. And I think we've all made a commitment to, to um, at least from our discussions off there that we're going to try to use the blog Mm -hmm. a lot more this season. Yeah. And trying just to provide like solo content ourselves for stuff that you know because all these streaming services and all that stuff out there, there's definitely something to watch, and there's a lot of things that we would like to do, we just don't have mm-hmm. the time to do. Yeah, so. and I was gonna say too, I, I feel like, and, and John, I feel like you've done a really good job with this too. Is like some of those like smaller things, 
whether it's like a movie like Palm Springs or a movie like Run, I feel like where we might not necessarily be able to devote an entire episode to it. I feel like you do a good job at like making sure that content's known on the blog and yeah. writing review and things. Like Definitely, that. I don't want to let like some of the stuff get left behind. But yeah, I think reviews are a good kind of way to. Um, kind of cover that there's definitely tons of movies out there to watch on the streamer so there'll definitely be some reviews coming to the blog soon yeah and i think a perfect example of that whole idea was our let our season finale when it was going to be just freaky that movie freaky but we were honestly picking at straws trying to think of things to talk about with that that would have been like a 20 minute yeah. episode yeah i was glad that the disney investors happened like while we were mm-hmm. in um like right there and again, I think, you know, we're right where that perfectly aligns with like, that's a good blog entry. So, yeah. But yeah, cool. this, was a, this was a good episode. It, it was, like, like I said, it was definitely, I think the perfect one to start off season three with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's great to be back, guys. I'm, I, I love doing this. Yeah, this is fun. I think, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more content for us to review this year as opposed to last year where it was kind of like a free fall of, Let's yeah, do this. let's do that. And I, I think we're so adapted to COVID taking over our entire lives because, like last season, we were we didn't like there was times when we thought the movies were uh, going to be a thing again, and then it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Then it wasn't. It wasn't. So yeah, yeah, it's crazy for me to think like I I did like the way back a lot, but it's crazy for me to look back and be like that's the last movie I saw in the movie theater. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and. Honestly, I thank you everybody for your support and and listening mm-hmm. because it's I, I keep saying it, it's so hard to do this with this setting, especially with us being in Zoom. We would love to be together, but obviously things and circumstances have changed over the past year, and we're just trying to be safe. Yeah, and I, I always mention like the technical audio quality is not where we all would like it to be, but we're just, like, we're all doing the best that we can to. Mm-hmm. provide content for each, each and every one of you so yeah. just just thank you for and for joining us on this ride it's it's, mm-hmm. it's I, 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 ne- I never thought i'd see myself being a podcaster but look at us now like we're mm-hmm. three seasons in who would have who would have thought we would have gone this far we're having a good time with it yeah yeah so like, with that being said just check out our social media we're on instagram mostly but we're on facebook and mm-hmm. twitter and we're slowly starting to grow where our podcasts are going to be available and base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're pretty much everywhere. I still haven't heard from Pandora and Sirius. They have not gotten back to me. <laughs> I might have to, I might have to go full Karen and send them an email asking to speak to their manager, but that's a discussion for a different day as well. Yeah. We got the <sighs> Spotify. We got the, the Apple, right? Yeah. We're on Amazon too. Yeah, and uh, I think I think we're going to YouTube because I think Google's podcasting is shut down. So I think we might be going to YouTube Music. Okay, I think we might be on there. Ooh. But I, I I think I'm thinking about starting our own YouTube channel. But that's also like we mm-hmm. can we can discuss that internally later day. Yeah, yeah. but like I said, yeah, just we're we're gonna keep trying to provide content as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening. And with that being said, this has been Post Credit Brews. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. John. Thanks for listening.